0: Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear your voice this morning, and that you would... Bless my words to be true and useful for your people in our understanding of you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So you know the story, it's a familiar one, of Martha and Mary. Martha, um, when Jesus comes to their house, there's two sisters and a brother, Martha, Mary and Lazarus. Jesus comes to their house. Martha's running around um, preparing dinner. She's got portions of food in her hand and she's like, Jesus, how are you going to have my sister? Help me. And Jesus says, no, Mary's chosen the good portion. Mary's chosen the good portion. Mary has attended to the one thing that's ultimately necessary in that sort of strong philosophical sense of that word necessary. The one thing that really must happen today is what Mary has chosen. It, um, I find it a, a sort of painful, almost comic irony that I know at a number of churches, the Women's Fellowship sometimes takes the name of like the Mary and Martha Guild. Have you ever been to a church where there's like, that's the name of the Women's Fellowship? Oh, I have, I've seen a couple. And it always sort of pains me like, no, no, no. The whole point of this story, Martha did many things well, but in this story, Jesus rebukes her. It should be just Guilds of Mary not a guild of Martha and Mary. I'm, man, I'm bummed that no one actually... That's an anecdote that relates only to me, I guess. But um, There should only be Mary societies. And it's not that what Martha was doing in itself was bad. Right? It actually just hit me like a light bulb 30 sec- 60 seconds ago. As I was thinking about this Sunday, I was a bit confused as to why this Genesis reading was paired with the Gospel. because. 49 Sundays out of 50 the Old Testament lesson is a sort of Typological backdrop to the gospel and I just realized it's the parallel is hosting the Lord and preparing for the Lord So it's not that wanting to prepare for Jesus was wrong or that even service was wrong What was broken about it was how she was doing it It says in verse 40 um, She was distracted with much serving that her service was causing her to be distracted. Serving uh, can, of course, be good. The Greek word here is um, diakonia, from which we get the word deacon. And this passage in Luke's Gospel, remember last Sunday, it comes immediately after Jesus has given the teaching of the Good Samaritan. So in a way, you could say, I mean, Martha is doing what the Lord has put in her lap, right? She's, She's doing an act of service. She's being a good Samaritan. I actually think it's perfectly in the Lord's providence or like I see providence in the fact that this exchange with Martha and Mary happened just after Jesus gave this teaching and it was recorded for us in this way in Luke's gospel because this exchange with Martha and Jesus it gives a sort of check to a way in which the parable of the Good Samaritan could be misinterpreted right as if Christianity as if following Christ's If all we had was the parable of the Good Samaritan you would think maybe this is just a religion of action of doing stuff, of service and so this exchange with Martha says no, 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 you can actually be distracted by service and Martha receives a loving rebuke I think it's noteworthy that Jesus says her name twice it has a sort of tenderness to it Martha Martha (laughs) you're anxious and troubled about many things Service, outward service, um, by its very nature of being outward as opposed to invisible, can have a tendency towards distraction. And distraction always implies a distraction from, right? Distraction from something. In this case, clearly, distracted from sitting in the Lord's presence. That's what Mary was doing. And as I was thinking through this passage this week, I wonder if Martha began also kind of just talking with the Lord, hearing His Word and then sort of got tugged away into the service. And any time we are distracted from from sitting in the Lord's presence, the outcome for us will always be what it was for Martha, anxious and troubled. Because apart from the Lord, everything's overwhelming. Anxious and troubled. Also, I think it's worth noting too, um, Martha is, even in this, even in her sort of moment of failure better than most of us most of the time. When I'm distracted from the Lord, it's not because I'm serving too vigorously, right? It's because I'm on some rabbit trail on my phone. I'm watching too much Netflix, right? Like, she's at least distracted by serving. Nevertheless, the service was something, the distraction by her service, that was something the Lord wants to heal her of. So I think the problem The Martha's problem is twofold in the scriptures as it's revealed Quantity and over-prioritization. That's the way in which service can be rendered distracting. Um, It says that she was distracted by much service. There's supposed to be this sort of tension point of we're called to be a good Samaritan, but you can be doing too much. She was distracted with much service. And then she also chose, she prioritized wrongly. Rather than quietly listening to God, she gave priority to the concrete material task. I like that phrase that sometimes gets thrown around in different circles, the tyranny of the immediate. She subordinated what was eternal to that which was t- what, that which is passing away. And I wanted just to sort of footnote here. This is why a good shepherd in the last six years We haven't done a lot of like service projects or things where we get together to do stuff. This isn't just something I've overlooked or the vestry just hasn't thought about. Um, This is a very intentional omission, right? That most of us, and as I know most of you, we are already on the very threshold of too busy, if not already too busy. And so to have more tasks to do, we'd never be able to heed instruction the Lord is giving us through this interaction with Martha and Mary, if we're just doing so many things. It's not laziness. It's a desire to not be too busy, to not be distracted by too much service, to prioritize the inner life, what Mary prioritized, the one thing necessary, the thing that will last forever, hearing the Lord's word. So that's why in our um, vision statement as a parish, after establishing that we'll keep the ancient faith, Simply just believing the Christian teaching as the church has faithfully handed it down from the apostles. Um, we cultivate pattern, life-giving patterns of prayer. Right? A pattern of prayer is a means of sitting at the Lord's feet. And then after um, including a modest amount of service no, significantly after that, right, practicing hospitality, hospitality which sort of frames service within the scale of the domestic sphere, our vision sort of culminates with knowing the risen Jesus intimately. Um, This structure, this vision statement, I think um, stands in a pleasant contrast to what many churches will cast as a vision statement, as if like, you know the Lord, and then from there you do service, and that's what you're really meant for. Thirdly, we're meant as Christians to perpetually be shoulder to shoulder with Mary of Bethany, sitting at the Lord's feet. We do service in the midst, but never to the degree or in the way that it would distract us from a peace of heart and a pleasant knowledge of the Lord. Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Um, I have very, very, very few sort of fine point quibbles of ESV translation. There's one comma missing in Daniel, I think, that I think is very important. (laughs) Um, Another is here... um, the Greek here is actually the word logos, which is a Greek word you know, right? the word. It says, Mary was listening to the Lord's word. and I think that's meaningful because we know that phrase, the Lord's word, to more clearly map onto the scriptures today. And we can see the identification of how, to, how what does that look like? How do we imitate Mary and not Martha? Well, s- listening to the Lord's word. It's a one-to-one parallel. She was hearing it from the Lord's own mouth. We hear it from the page of the Bible. But it's the Lord's own word, the same. And I think it's also a noteworthy detail that it was the how in which Martha was doing her Good Samaritan service that rendered it not useful. Um, It's also the how in which Mary's listening is rendered blessed. It's It's a detail that's meaningful. That It says she was sitting at the Lord's feet. Which is a posture of submission to authority, to a teacher that you're saying, teach me, teacher, right? And I think this actually gives us a picture of how we are to approach the Scriptures as coming to our true authoritative teacher and really as a child rather than sort of as a critic, right? Think of the difference of posture. If you're standing kind of face-to-face, like dialoguing about something versus if you're sitting and someone's standing and they're teaching you. That's how we're to come to the Scriptures, not now, let me see here. But Lord, I, I want to sit at your feet. Please, teach me. Reading the Bible as a servant, as a child, as a student to a rabbi, not as a critic. And this is why um, the daily office is the heartbeat of traditional Christianity. It's not just like some religious thing to do. It's because the very structure of it makes, gathers us together to sit and listen in a somewhat submissive posture to the scriptures, day after day after day. Take the word of the Lord more deeply into our hearts. I um, ran across a quote this week, or last week, um, by St. Ambrose, 4th century saint, the one who converted St. Augustine. And I thought this quote was just, I can't get it out of my head. He said, as in paradise, and he means Eden, as in paradise, God walks in the Holy Scriptures seeking man. Remember when God called out to Adam? As in paradise, God walks in the holy scriptures seeking man. Mm. Um, Serving one another, serving our neighbors, the very need to serve, that will pass away. When the Lord makes all things right, there won't be any service projects to do anymore. There'll be no needs. He will have satisfied every need. But sitting in his presence and knowing him more deeply and adoring him, that goes on forever. That's why Jesus says, Mary's chosen the thing that will not be taken from her. Because what she's doing in that moment, we will all be doing for eternity. Sitting at the Lord's feet, taking in a deeper and deeper knowledge of him forever. Delighting in him. Mary's chosen the good portion. So, the exhortation, which if it sounds like it stands in contrast to last week's sermon, that's exactly how the scriptures present presented to us. Good Samaritan, Mary and Martha. There is supposed to be a contrast and a tension here. So I want to add to the challenge of last week, the challenge of this week, of Mary and Martha. Of making sure that the inner life with Christ is prioritized over service. And that service doesn't become distraction. Amen.